everybody. We are back again. Another week of Mega Sheen, your podcast for all gay and geeky things from a Black geek perspective. Um, and please excuse the screaming kids because it's hot in, in Los Angeles, but I am Victor. And I'm Nick. And whew, we, we made it through another week. And we are not alone in this episode. We have the always educated. Uh, I, I was going to have like a whole thing written out, but a <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Rocket of uh, Rocket Review. So well, welcome. Hello, hello. Welcome, hello. welcome How are back we doing? to. We are good. It's, you know, start of a new week. And all that shit. Well, I so. just want to start and say by that what an honor it is to be back. It's always so much fun being invited on to Mega Sheen. Um, and uh, yeah, what a what a list of topics today. Even it's like woo barn burner. Oh yeah, you know we skip around a lot, and yeah, we like we like to do that. So um, I guess you know how is everybody. Uh, Victor, what you been up to? What's new? Well, in Sadiddy as Los Angeles. Well, not in Sadiddy neighborhood, but no, um, doing really good. Um, speaking of our neighborhood, we're about to go through an inspection, and, and the screaming kid you hear today, you may not hear anymore in the summer of after this inspection. <laughs> uh, but the bastard. Yeah, but yeah, that's going on, and I paid off my car and credit cards. I feel independent, but weird, because it's like, okay, I paid all this money, and I didn't do it for fun stuff, but I know, you know, down the road, it's good to not have so many payments of things, so because we are looking into finding a new place, and so, you know, you got to take care of business as a grown-up, but, you know, doing good, excited. my students and I will be marching in both Pride Parades in Los Angeles. So I got to get ready for that. Um, and I have to be ready for camera because I have to talk about why we are at Pride. Yeah. So, that should be fun. Um, so that's going on. That's what's going on with me. Rocky, what's going on with you? I, uh, well, I've been uh, focusing on creating and producing more adult content. I've kind of shifted uh, behind the camera a little bit in the last few months uh, since the beginning of the year. I've just been producing and directing and capturing more and editing, a lot of editing. Uh, And so you're not seeing my bright, smiling face like on camera as much in that side of it. But the show's going great. Uh, Interviews have been pouring in. I did a lot of great in-person interviews this uh, spring with a lot of adult entertainers. Show is right in the middle of season five. I can't believe we're in the middle of season five. I'm like, what the fuck? And uh, and I'm working on other projects. Got other stuff in the hopper coming down the pipeline. So it's always fun. And uh, the summer is going to shape up to be fun and uh, and very hot here. But uh, hey, you know, like I said earlier, it's uh, we're singing the thong song on repeat and uh, keeping it real and uh, keeping the sunblock slathered on because the sun will actively try to murder you 
in Palm Springs if you're not careful. That is very true. You will get sunburned for, for being outside for two minutes. Uh, so yes, but hey, y'all, if y'all never been to Palm Springs, you should go. It's a very interesting place. Spend some time in, so we'll do so. Nick, how about yourself? I am doing pretty good, you know. Um, she's working for the government, the city government, so that's always interesting. Um, especially to see where all this, this money has gone. Oh my God. Um, other than that, you know, planning trips. Cause you know, if there's one thing I am going to do, it is fucking travel. Um, I've got one trip planned. Uh, actually one trip, everything is set up, good to go. Two others I'm looking to do in July and October, end of October. Um, you know, that's about it. Gaming, trying to get this body together. Um, I would say for summer, but it's too late for that. Um, <laughs> it's not too late. Summer just it's not too late. It just started. I mean, you know how I am about how I view myself in the mirror. I, there are days where I look, I like what I see, and there are days where I was like, oh my God, you're just, you're too this, you're too that, yada, yada, yada. But I guess it's okay for right now, body-wise. It's, she's going to have to give, uh, get what she gives, that being the summer. But um, everything else is going okay, finally. Feels good to be graduated. Oh God, yes. Um, I think graduation is not till June. I was like, you know what? They had already sent me my diploma, so I'm like, this. I'm not even going. I don't. I don't feel. You should go. I, I, I just don't want. You be should go to that. your commencement for this. It's yeah, a master's program, right? Master's. Yeah. Get all the stuff. Take all the pictures. Yeah, come on. You need to do this sash. It's fun. You need to do this sashing. I'll think. I'll think about it. I'll probably uh, tell Ken to have the uh, the hem taken out of my uh, gown so it can flow like a little train. <laughs> <laughs> you should do it. You should do it. I mean, some of our students, when we when they graduate, they have done all types of things. Because um, one of our students is a drag queen, and so really dolled it up and i'm like okay i this is why you graduate so graduation but make it drag right oh <laughs> i think i have like a few a couple of more weeks to decide if i'm gonna walk or not yeah you should do you it you better walk that fucking duck <laughs> but yeah that's that's all that's going on over here all right well, we have some things to talk about today. And as I said before, I apologize for the screaming kids. When we get nice weather, everybody wants to be outside. So the beaches are popping, the streets are popping. It, it is what it is. But let's kind of get into kind of the stuff that's going on. Speaking of the streets of Los Angeles, um, we are in the middle of a writer strike. And if y'all have heard about it, um, the writer's strike, mostly this is kind of stemming from streaming. A lot of people are not making the money um, that they deserve. Uh, and a lot of it comes from streaming because 
you know, they can stream and they sometimes don't have to release amount of streamers or numbers or what have you, what, and what's going on. Netflix is very guilty of that. And so um, we are learning and it kind of stemmed from Netflix, if you want to be honest. Um, a lot of people are, will have been showing their checks and residuals they're getting, which is sometimes 15 cents, 35 cents, $2. And they do a lot of work. A lot of them are in writer's rooms for months. And if you don't understand what it is to be a writer or a screenwriter, you can get a gig where you're working at, you're working on a TV show, uh, reality show sometimes, or what have you. That may go for about a year. You hope that that does not get canceled or whatever, so you can keep working. But the moment that that is over, you're looking for your next gig. So it's basically... I don't want to say it's nothing like, well, it's not like a freelance, but it's in that format of, so you work till you don't, and then you have to try to find the next gig. And, you know, that next gig may not come in a year. It may come two years down the line. So the money that you're making working on these shows, you have to be mindful of that because if you don't, you can be right back on the street. And I won't, I will never forget that I, when I was going somewhere and my Uber driver was explaining that they were a writer on Game of Thrones. Um, and, you know, they had to do, you know, Uber and stuff um, just to make ends meet. And so these are things that, you know, they are really making, trying to make sure that there are some deals and things there and it just did not go through. I'm giving y'all a very quick version. You can kind of Google it and read it, but they have been out there all week. Um, I work near Warner Brothers, so I've been out there supporting them. Uh, some of our instructors are, uh, are writers for shows, and so they've also been out there um, um, picketing and, and what have you. But it's really a crime to know that our, the people who are giving us the entertainment that we love are not getting paid well to even live or to pay rent. And it's not easy in this town. So that's what's been going on around here. I, I'm sure y'all have heard about the, the different types of situations that's involving the writer strike. Mm -hmm. I saw one example that this uh, writer, like before he was getting, when he was getting residuals, uh, well, when he was getting substantial residuals, they were like 23,000. And I think he said his most recent one was like $23. And I would have like I said that would have been my villain origin story right then and there. Like these people can't afford to live in that high ass place called Los Angeles. Um, and I remember there was a uh, a video about streaming and what it's done to the entertainment industry because. I, uh, I think it was by Matt Damon. He was talking about how when a movie was released, they could not, they could worry, not have to worry so much about how they might made in the uh, box office because they had DVD sales coming behind them. And now that streaming services has killed the DVD uh, industry. All of these industries, all of these studios have to worry about how much they make in box office because those same monies that they might have not that they might have made in dvds they can't count on streaming because i think streaming services buys the actual rights not per episode per series or something of the sort so 
you have all of these uh, streaming services grabbing up all of these rights to show these different sh uh, shows and series on their streaming services, yet a lot of these people are not getting the same. <clears throat> a lot of these people are not getting the same amount of money that they would if this show was in syndication somewhere. And, or in, in physical CD or DVD sales. Exactly. And is it odd to me that Fran Drescher, the anti-vaxxer, is the head of, uh, what is she the head of? Like the SWG? Like SAG, I think she's. Is she? Yes. Yeah, she's like the head of SAG. I'm like, and she's like, oh, I just don't understand. It's more complicated than this, and yada yada yada. And I'm like, girl, what? Why are you not getting this? This doesn't make sense to me. Especially, you have to worry about the nanny getting syndicated, and. Now you're living off those residuals, yet it's just weird. And like the uh, the actress who plays Cece Babcock is standing with the writers, and I'm like, that, that it doesn't correlate to me. But I hope they get everything they want and more. And they were only asking for like a two or three percent raise from across the board, and it wasn't like that was some kind of outlandish uh off outlandish thing that they were asking for considering how much money streaming services made in like the past year um and this is this goes like a greater i know i feel like i'm rambling but this goes to a greater point that not just hollywood is on strike but um I think some of the airlines are going on strike in the summer. Uh, Southwest, American, United are, um, I think Southwest and American are probably already on strike. United is thinking about striking. Um, so I'm like, bring this country to a halt. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting because it feels like there's and not only that, but it's also the call of um, rent control here in California, especially in Los Angeles, because um, that's you know it is very expensive here, um, and it's all coming down. It was talked about a lot with this writer's strike. Like we're trying to live in this town, and it feels like no one wants us to live here. When you think about you know the wages and money, and you know how much people are being paid. A liberal wage is almost, it feels like that's it, like a fantasy if people can get that. And it is really, really sad that this is where we are. But it's also giving the, and, and again, I work at a film school. So some of our students have like realized like it's really not as glamorous as we thought to work in this, in this industry because that is the struggle. And, you know, and, you know, sometimes, you know, on Twitter, you see a lot of people hoping to make it and be seen when it comes to writing and everything. It's not what people expect. It's a longer road once you get in. So it is not even, once you even in, it's still a longer road. So we're seeing it now. We're seeing how that is going across. So, you know, I do hope some things will change because it really needs to be. And, 
you know, these are people who are creating some of the things we love and talk about and, and live for. So hopefully these studios will get it together and figure out something. I think it always just centers around greed. Uh, and and uh, I also, you know, rewind back to the beginning of the uh, of the reality TV, reality content movement and stuff, which ostensibly ended writers or the need for writers. You know, we got this reality model. Uh, and so now we get a lot of times, I think people think that actors and directors are just riffing these shows off, you know, uh, uh, you know, live, like we're just doing this shit, uh, and that, that there aren't any writers anymore creating scripts. And, uh, and that's the sad part is that there are, there are still amazing, talented people who will never, you know, they'll never be known by their face. They'll never be, uh, you know, you're never going to walk up to them on the street and go, Oh my God, oh, that thing you wrote, it was amazing. Um, and, and so they're already, in the background of the background um uh and they're very mistreated writers are constantly mistreated and long ungrateful hours um uh trying to crank out uh revisions it's just it's the revision process that often needs you know so much attention um even even just the writers that write our news for prompter readers people that you know there's again a huge misconception that newscasters are writing their copy that is very rare that there's a newscaster writing their own copy 90 percent of them are still they've got there's a writer that's putting that all together for them to then read recite off of a teleprompter so yeah we we really do have to pay more attention to uh the writers in general but just unions in general and you spoke to the travel uh industry um the travel industry has been rife for a for a, a shake-up for a while uh and the pandemic i thought was gonna help do that like help kick off a really good shake-up and it didn't they somehow managed to just like plead uh, help us and you know the government swept in and helped them and again and uh i i just am kind of to a point where i think uh i think we need to overhaul the airline industry and maybe it not be private as much anymore you know right. i'm a socialist than most people but uh look there's bullet trains in almost all of the eu uh and stuff and what do we got over here we got we got 200 year old rail lines that we're still trying to beat the hell out of and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. It's just sad. Our infrastructure is crumbling. Um, you know, Buddha judge is doing his best to try to, you know, get, get money to fix shit, but the Republicans don't, uh, they don't want to fix anything. They, they seem to want this to be a parking lot again, I guess, <laughs> you know, uh, an 1800s parking lot with tumbleweeds and shit. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I don't. I, they keep saying, you know, let's make it great again, and I'm like, well, when was it great the first time? When they weren't in it. When they weren't in it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. When they weren't in it. But, so there's my rant. There's my tirade on. Yeah. You said uh, I remember wasn't like the onslaught of reality TV brought on because of the writer strike. Writer strike in 2008 was it? Yeah, in some in some part, yes. Uh, uh, Mark Burnett really helped foster that with his, you know, Survivor 
empire that he had going by that point. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, he well, he proved he proved that the model worked and could get awards even because look at the Emmys he was getting for Survivor. And so um, uh, it, it yes, they looked at the budgets that writers were costing them and they went, oh, we could just wipe this out. We could do three shows for what we take out of the writing budget. We mm-hmm. could do two more shows. Um, and and they did. And so we got flooded for over a decade with this very, what I consider to be very poor content. It's just, it's putting human beings, uh, uh, it's pitting them against each other. It's, um, yeah, I just, I did not like the reality movement, especially in the early days. I think just now we're finally starting to see its impact and how we can use it for actual good. Look at the change in RuPaul's Drag Race from the first couple of seasons to where we are now. Uh, it's not the same show. It's not at all the same show. Uh, I think that's maybe for the worse, but... Oh, okay. I I, I think there was, uh, in the earlier seasons of Drag Race, there was an authenticity to it up until, I want to say, season seven. And then I I noticed a, a shift not so much in the queens and some like the the writing felt i was like oh this looks a little this sounds a little forced and then it just kept being more forceful and forceful and forceful until i felt like maybe the writers and their construction of these storylines that they wanted to talk about overshadowed what the show was originally all about. For for instance, season five, uh, Alyssa Edwards and Coco Matrice was on it. And they had had beef way before Drag Race was even a thing. Um, uh, about, you know, uh, Alyssa got dethroned and Coco had to step into her and they were mad because, you know, all of that. And the writers kind of milked that for what it was for everything that it was worth. And I'm like, okay, at some point, there has to be something else because this can't be the overall, you can't have the Alyssa and Coco show and have the, the rest of these girls just as mere afterthoughts. That's what I thought. But I mean, I, I and, and going on a tangent here, I can enjoy the show what it meant to portray the art of drag and it being more um, visible to a lot more, a lot of uh, other audiences. However, being on Drag Race is not the apex of a lot of people's drag. Number two, just because you watch Drag Race does not mean you know everything about drag. Number three, um, you can't say you support drag, yet don't support your local talent. That's a big thing that irritates the dog shit out of me. Um, but I could go on and on about drag race and I don't have to, I don't have the liquor. Well, I do have the liquor. I don't have it in front of me right now. <laughs> I did not mean to go down the drag race. <laughs> uh, 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 reality TV in general has always used a formula 
uh, they learned it from the real world MTV, like seasons two and three begin to become, like you said, very orchestrated. They mm -hmm. deliberately start putting the right or the wrong, as it were, personality types in yep. the room together because they're deliberately trying to create uh, strife and consternation uh, and, and drama. They're trying to right. create drama uh, where we used to rely on great writers <laughs> to write us great drama and then great actors to you know act us great drama uh i used to say all the time I, I, during the reality you know pitch the big fever pitch of reality it's like look i prefer my drama scripted and performed by professionals uh you know it's just i really do because uh look at the hurt that's happened in reality shows look at the people who have been irreparably harmed from their time or or how they were portrayed on a particular reality show uh rupaul has a whole song about it blame it on the edit uh, you know kind of a thing and and so it, it, it it's it's i think it's been time overdue for a bit of a a bit of a a, a wokeness a, a, you know an awakening as it were a uh a, a, a renaissance a renaissance in the reality content marketplace mm -hmm. and that's what i think i'm starting to see is creators are utilizing it as a tool to tell better stories that have better impact uh queen of the universe i've been enjoying uh with the dads uh, some of those stories are incredibly compelling. Uh, I think one of the singers is terrified at this point to even return to Mumbai uh, because I would be if I'd gone on an international show in drag because it's illegal. Like they, you can be put to death in Mumbai for even just being gay. And so uh, for as much good as we're doing, we have to be careful. It's it's one of those it's it's I feel like Goldblum in fucking dressing park. Just because we can doesn't mean we should, you know, <laughs> just because we can doesn't mean we should. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, as, you know, as we kind of went into that deep dive there, think about, that, think about how capitalism has kind of, kind of ruined so much stuff. Even though a lot of us are kind of capitalists, still capitalism is still not a great thing. But since Rocky threw in the word renaissance, let's kind of go <laughs> to, you know, let's go into uh, renaissance, because as you know, Beyonce has kicked off her tour started in where Sweden. It started over there. It was yeah. Um, and you know, you know, you hoes could not be courteous and not show clips. I mean, I go back and forth with them. Like, yeah, you can show clips, but really, some of y'all are just doing the most. Um, and you know, it's really being good. We 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 see you know Beyonce and her costumes, outfits, things looking really good. I love it. She has a bee outfit because of the behind. She is so unserious. <laughs> that is so <laughs> fucking camp to me. Like her whole, that whole segment when she did the bee segment, it was just like, okay, Beyonce, you are just doing too much. And can we for a second, okay, like this spoiling of a tour. I didn't know you could spoil a tour, but do we think that she is going to do the same exact set that she did in Sweden and do that same exact set here in the States? No. And y'all should know that if y'all are fans, you should know she switch up stuff all the time. She's like, she's like the MCU when they do trailers. She will give you, they'll show you one thing, she's gonna give you another. It is what it is. Um, and you know. Like even from a logistics standpoint, not from an art artistic standpoint, yeah. getting all of that shit from Sweden 
to the states is massive. Like, I, I think people really don't realize how hard it is to transport all of that stuff, the background from the costumes to the lighting to uh, the everything. Transport that from one city to the next, let alone one country to the next. Even when we were in, uh, when I was working on Disney on Ice, uh, we traveled with the first tour that I was on. I think we had between backstage and us, we had 13, 13 to 15 uh, heavy rigs. And we carried our costumes, we carried the merchandise equipment, we carried uh, our whole, the entire lighting. And that's why it took so damn long for us to get up out of these motherfucking venues because we had to cross paths with backstage and it'll be two, three, four hours before we got on the road. Mind you, the show ended at six, but I, I think people's expectations that, oh, we're just gonna see the same exact thing. I'm like, come on now, like, come on now. Not even, yeah, no, uh, uh, most main stage acts like that are, they have alternate entire segments that they'll right. roll in and out so that you don't, in case you are following them, you don't get the same show twice kind of a thing. And uh, I know Lady Gaga moved all kinds of crap around in her sets all the time. Pink is famous for doing that. It's like one one show she starts in this set and the next show she'll start on a whole different set. Um, and talk about rigging. She's, right. she's she's moving a Cirque show as well as an entire sound and audio you know, lighting mm-hmm. show and her team and her backup team and her. Yeah. Her just her other talent. No, no. These are. Yeah. Tours are incredible undertakings. I've been on more than a few in my younger, much younger <laughs> days. I honestly, I mean, if you offered me a backline job, you know, for somebody like Pink or Beyonce or whatever, then sure, I'd, I'd do that. But if you said, come be a roadie again, oh, no, that shit is no, rough. no, too old, too old for that, too old and no, too. <laughs> but yeah, but when are you going to see Beyonce, Victor? I'm seeing Beyonce. Is it whenever the the Vegas show is? So it's it's, it's in August. So okay. um, it's that weekend after the students are oriented. So I, that'll be me. Like okay, they're in. Now I'm going over to Vegas. Like that. <laughs> yeah, and I'll see y'all next week. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do it in Vegas. It's gonna be. They added additional dates here in Los Angeles slash Inglewood. It's just going to be hell because anytime someone that big does a concert here you're it's like a trap but um yeah going to be in vegas it's going to switch and change you know you're going to spoil everything yeah you're right you really can't spoil it but and she's going to switch and change it um there are rumors she will have different costumes when she gets over here in the country um houston's going to be a bigger bigger show because it's houston hometown yeah, which we almost consider going to Houston, but that is going to be crazy too. Where's she playing at in Houston? Is she playing at the uh, NRG Stadium? Well, I guess wherever the biggest one it is. Because that one, uh, that that stadium is massive. Mm-hmm. And she's in New Orleans is going to be crazy too because we all we almost consider New Orleans. But I'm like, no, that is going to be. A madhouse too. It's gonna sink if it's too many of us. So no, we're not going over there. 
Um, that's all right. If you if you're in Houston and you flush too many toilets at the same time, it'll flood. Yeah, well, that's like, true. <laughs> I spent five years down there. Oh wow! I used to go see her and Destiny's Child when they were just cutting their teeth. When they were seven, when there were seven of them, yeah, they play Fitzgeralds on Friday nights quite regularly, and then they would get their hair they would get their hair touched up on Thursdays at Arena Fifty One Salon. Yeah. Right. That was a. I think it was girls' time. That old old group before they swooped went down. There. This was just the beginning of Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. They were just. They just changed the name over, and they'll get the first album out, and they'll still be playing Fitzgeralds. Uh, but then they're gonna get too big for that real fast. I like Fitzgeralds. Where are you playing at Fitzgeralds? Fitzgeralds. I know. Doesn't it have a nice ring to it? Yeah, yeah. Fitzgerald. But, no, uh, big old stage, a lot of fun. It was a cute venue, yeah. a lot of fun venue. But yeah, you know, it's it looks good. Her costumes look good. The sets look good. Um, it's gonna be fun. The merch looks good. I have to say, um, I was disappointed in Gaga's merch for the the last tour she just had. Um, but Beyonce's what I've seen. There's already two shirts that I want. Um, and you know, I, I'm not gonna go berserk like I did at the formation tour where I literally just bought still have that jacket that I bought that's in the closet it has not even been worn it's still in the closet um won't go that berserk but I'm, I'm very excited for this you know this is something that we're all looking forward to and Rocket you mentioned earlier about all the divas are doing tours it my bank account is probably going to be it's already upset um so it is what it is but Looking forward to it. Um, the clips, like I said before, the clips look great. I really want to see her in this B outfit because it just cracks me up that she is doing the B outfit slash the newsreel, um, mm-hmm. all that. I mean, she's just having fun with it. I mean, why not? Why not? We, yeah, life has been so serious for a real long time now, and so yeah, I don't, I don't blame her. Have some fun. Make us all smile and laugh in our hearts. Right. All right, you should go. You should see the concert. Oh, I got my tickets. I'm going to see her in Louisville. Oh, okay, okay. I don't understand why it's on a Monday, but I will be there. <laughs> I'm like, Queen Bay is playing Louisville on a Monday. On a motherfucking Monday, I was like, girl. See, I'd be sending my hologram for that one. I'm like, girl, fuck you for that, but I know my Tuesday. Is going to be no do not ask me about no reports. I don't know. I don't know. Just let me be in my office asleep. <laughs> Fuck you and your TPR reports. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. I a lot of people were uh saying, oh, I'm upset that she didn't dance enough. I'm like, well, I would say you can get that from your other face, but they can't sing or dance. Number one. Well, number two, she had surgery on her foot. Allegedly. Um, so there's that. Number three, how old is she? She's like early 40s, right? Yeah. Beyonce has been doing, has been bucking for as long as I know her. So like 20 years. So leave her alone. 
until your faves could do the same. But she's still giving you boom cats though. Like she's still she really giving you all of that stuff. So what do y'all want? I mean, like, and she don't have to be breaking it down all the time like that. It doesn't have to be all the way, like everything like that. Tina Turner was doing it for many years as well. And, you know, Tina was still giving you some, some good dance stuff, even when she was in her fifties and things like that. But we don't, I don't really go for all of that. I go for the experience. So you're going to get all that type of stuff. And Beyonce is going to give you what she gives you in just playing. Some of your faves can't even do that. So y'all need to have a seat. Can y'all find somebody right, right now? Because right now, only her and Jenna are the ones who can keep that up. And you can throw in Tanache. Uh, well, again, if you want to look at people who can like keep all that stuff up, same time Tanache can um because I, I saw her and that's long ago i was like oh okay that was cute but again beyonce is giving that you was shady <laughs> right? no, no, it wasn't meant to be shady it was good, but i'm just saying beyonce is giving you full vocal boom cat experience stage she's giving you everything that a lot of your faves are not i heard a lot janet's, of i heard janet's doing some rhythm nation throwback oh yeah the last time I saw Janet, she did a lot. I think she did maybe one or two newer songs, but the rest of it was, you know, uh, her greatest hits. And she's still giving you all of the choreography when she did If, that famous ass uh, breakdown. That um, chair routine? Yes. That goddamn uh, chair routine was a nightmare. It took me two and a half weeks to learn the <laughs> So... Like we said, you don't have to like Beyonce. That is your opinion. However, what you're not going to do is say that, oh, she can't sing, or she's not talented, or she's not reinventing herself every other time she has an album out because her competitors are not. So she's, like she said, she's one of one. She's the only one, like, and I, like, I, I cannot wait to see this performance because I know it's going to be an experience mm-hmm. and I just hope I just don't pass out because I don't want to be like one of them motherfuckers that was at the, the Michael Jackson concert back in the day <laughs> that paid their money and passed out and they missed the whole damn uh, concert. <laughs> I would be upset. You know, and I, I kind of regret never seeing Michael Jackson because they, I've heard so many people say it is an experience because mm-hmm. he gives you a lot. Um, just standing up there for five minutes and people just laid out like, girl, this. And Janet did that too, where people were up there screaming and hollering and falling out and everything. I had a friend who was, he said he saw God because okay. it was. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? He was like, you don't understand. I was, you there, everybody's feeling it. It's like you were high, but you're not high, but you're high. And oh, you high. I know I will be. I'll be blazed. Blazed. Blazed, laced, <laughs> rolled with resin and keef. Exactly. Well, see, I don't know, because people were like that at the Gaga concert, and they just had an out-of-body experience, because, you know, it's Gaga, and then they were just, one guy, I remember one guy was just like, 
literally crying. He was like, I can't believe I'm here right now and everything is just happening in my life and the colors and my and his, his friend was like, he's high, don't worry. I was like, oh. he was on ecstasy. He wasn't just on some weed. He was on some ecstasy or some MDMA. Yes, he was. Ooh, acid. Uh, the colors was talking to him. The colors. <laughs> All the colors of the wind. Right, Vanessa Williams. Speaking of Queen of the Universe. <laughs> I love Vanessa Williams. I love Vanessa Williams too. I, 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 I don't think she gets the here we are on the tangent again. She <laughs> I don't think she gets the, the flowers she deserves for all the talent she really is. She I mean Broadway, TV, music, movies, pageants. Oh, I mean, so, so Daddy and I were just talking about this one with about Miss Miss Williams. We were just talking about I bet she like rests very uh, uh, good in the thing that you know uh, what happened with the uh, pageant when you know mm-hmm. the Miss uh, America was it Miss America? Yeah, took back the mm-hmm. crown because she posted nude, and I'm like, oh, get over it! Like seriously, get over it! But it was uh, like news from like what a like two, three, four years back or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you're gonna take it away from her, but okay. right. So, like, but in the long run, yeah. I, mean, I think it's done better for her. For her that yeah. they took it away, she rose out of that, like and just doubled mm-hmm. down, man. She was the, <laughs> she was the phoenix out of that bullshit, yeah. um, and and has. Yeah, uh, uh, fuck them. They could have had her. They could have had Vanessa Williams. And they could have stood behind her, owning her body, you know, owning her right to show her body if she wanted to. Um, look, I, I think that it had more to do with a woman of color owning her body at a time more than... If it had been one of them white girls that had, that had pulled that on them, I think they would have... I think they would have covered it up. I think they would have stood behind it. You know what I mean? I don't think they would have made as big a drama out of it. Her a sad story, you know, where she was, you know, on her own trying to make it, la, la, la. You know, mm-hmm. She had no kinds of money. She was, yeah, it, it, that was a very, yeah, that was a really weird, but again, she rose out of that and became Vanessa fucking Williams. Yeah. And uh, and you don't mess with her. You know, you know, dude, ugly Betty. I still Jesus Christ, that's some of the best <laughs> Vanessa Williams right. moments ever. And uh, like even she, when Willamina? she playing Wilhelmina, yeah, Slater, Wilhelmina Slater. <laughs> even, even when she playing stole cone, stole code bitch, she was amazing. She was straight up fucking amazing. When she uh she was a bitch in that a diva's Christmas, do y'all remember that? Alexa. Oh, <laughs> She does bitch well. Her and Jennifer Lewis are my favorite women of color to play bitch. To just to go straight up, own it, play it. You're gonna love her for it. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Jennifer Williams. Whatever happened to that sad little show uh, that was coming on? Um, I think Apple TV did it. It had that cute little gal that. Uh, anyway, but Jennifer Lewis was playing the boss, and I loved it. I was just like, it reminded me of her character from Girl Six. Actually, anyway. Uh, I love that for you. It was a show on <laughs> Apple TV. I love that for you. Jennifer Lewis, back back uh, with us doing stuff. Anyway, right. sorry, boys. Didn't mean to. That's fine. Um, I do. Uh, Jennifer Lewis is always somebody's mama. Um, she's Hollywood's mama. She's black Hollywood's mama. I'll preface that. Um, but yeah, going back to Renaissance, if you don't have your tickets, 
I don't know what to tell you at this point. Like, but luckily y'all can still get them. But you'll be you'll be up there. I, know I think <laughs> I, I want to counter that. I don't think Beyonce knows that we are broke. <laughs> a lot of us. So I think her show is going to cater to all of the seats in the house, no matter where you are. So if you are down in Club Renaissance or whatever the fuck, getting your life and dancing and drinking and shooting up or whatever the fuck, you are going to live. If you are up in the nosebleeds, I think you're going to live too. So I, I think she's one of the few people that are cognizant of the actual arena and the seats and can my dancing translate to this person that is seeing the sweat off my tits versus the person that can see basically nothing all the way up there. Yeah. So yeah, she did that when we were at the Dodger Stadium. We all had shit that big cube that was really helpful. Um, I think it's gonna be good. And you know, there's still tickets out there. You from, you know, you want to pay your two thousand $133, or if you want to pay your $110, you can do that. Um, all up to you. You also, if y'all don't know, Pete, uh, cute secret uh, Ticketmaster, you can you can use Clarina or whatever those <laughs> Afterpay. Clarina, yeah, ain't never did me wrong. So yeah, y'all can, and a lot of people have, because I was just reading about how they are making a lot of money from <laughs> Beyonce concert. So do mm-hmm. what you need to do, be there. It should be fun and a good thing and you know nick and i will talk about it after our experience um but let's get into we, we look talk a little bit about politics and you know uh, we can't get into it without getting into florida so nick you let us know what's been going on Child, i you know what what i want to say about this man i won't say because i will probably have fbi on my doorstep however so uh, Ron DeSantis, this piece of shit that he is, he has signed what is called the Protections of Medical Conscious Act. And it's a law that allows healthcare providers or payers, payors to deny service on the basis of a conscious-based objection, including any ethical, moral, or religious beliefs. Now, the bill doesn't say what's the definition of a moral or ethical be- belief. And it means basically that any medical provider, whether it's a doctor, a nurse, an ambulance driver, pharmacists, mental health professionals, lab technicians, nursing home workers, hospital administrations, and even the actual insurance companies themselves have the right to deny care on the basis of a conscientious objection. What the, this isn't war. This is healthcare. Yeah, this sounds ridiculous. That's just- this does not sound like it is, it passed the muster test because this goes against the whole Hippocratic oath that a lot of these professionals have taken. So you mean to tell me that oath does not mean anything? And now just because I don't like you because you're queer or you're uh something that is against my consciousness that you which a you don't have one to begin with that you're denying health care to somebody to somebody in a time of need like this doesn't I don't think this can stand up in court 
at all. And I know the ACLU is already uh, uh, has a lawsuit pending, but DeSantis, I don't understand why he thinks that he can out Trump Trump, yet he's still 40 points behind him in some of these polls. Like, your presidential bid withered up and died a long time ago. So, Miss Girl, I need you to do something else because you're not, you will never be president. You will never be glamour. He will, you will never be glamour. <laughs> never. And the funny thing is, he's going to end up like that one guy, Wisconsin, when he they hyped him up and he turned out to like just. I could see his face. Walker? Um, yeah, when they kind of hyped him up and he just kind of fell in the wind. DeSantis is not... DeSantis is like like a local store. You know, it's cute in that town, but it doesn't go anywhere else. And he he just does not have it. Um, not and, you comparing, comparing him to Win Dixie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he Higgly wiggly. Right. <laughs> he just doesn't even have, he doesn't have that range. The fact they have to work on his face, um, how he comes across, he just looks like he's a mess. And then recently when they showed him and Pitt sitting down and how he looks like, he looks like Joanna after they got her in Stafford Wives. Like he looks like that's how he is. Like he's not even real. Um, he's such a pussy too. He's like, you know, I don't want to say pussy because the pussy is powerful. He's like a bitch. Like in every sense of the word, he's a bully and he's a bitch. And he's one of those bullies that always talks and always talks. So when you get up in his face and punch him in the mouth, then he's crying to his mama. Oh, he's like, oh, my dad's a lawyer. He's going to get you. Yada, yada, yada. He's one of those little assholes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he really is. Uh, grew up with that brand of despicable douche. They'll ridicule you and bully you and verbally hound and harass people until they can't stand it anymore. And then the second you stand your ground or actually fight back, uh, then they're the victim. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, you have, uh, yeah, you've harmed them. You've, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all based in religious hate. Uh, you know, all of this stuff in Florida has all been fired up evangelicals that Rump helped, you know, get them all fucking fired up again, thinking that they have any rights to tell people how to live. Uh, you know, we see this in other countries all the time with, uh, you know, restrictive religious regimes like in Iran. Look at, you know, look at 1950s, 60s Iran. Man, women were having a great time. They were, you know, mm -hmm. it was swinging fucking sixties, and then all of a sudden, you know, we get the Ayatollah, and on fucking women are back in fucking in hajibs and and can't show their face, and it's like now, nah, hold up, it's like so. Uh, uh, that's what they're trying to do here. They're trying to just get you know rebirth that religious conservatism again. Uh, it's attacking adult, uh, the adult industry nonstop. It's been. Uh, it's been a nonstop onslaught since uh, Trump even started courting the evangelical contingent in this country, um, and it hasn't slowed down. Uh, and it didn't help that, uh, though I really like uh, Kamala Harris a lot, but she was one of the original drafters of uh, Sosta Fosta, 
which is some of the you know uh, uh, legislation that took down a lot of sex worker back pages in in adult entertainment, and so yeah, where it's 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 it, 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 there's a lot of religious conservatism uh, that's been on fire for a while. It got fired up with uh, Rump and his cronies, and it has not simmered down yet. They've applied incredible pressure to credit card processors to uh, all of the adult platforms. You know whether it's they're an ethical platform or not. Um, uh, that you know, we've got uh, we've got databases being used by the NSA to keep sex workers from other countries to even enter and be able to come for fun, not even come for work, but even just enter for fun. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's a bit of a dumpster fire politically. We it, um, it's forced many of us to become activists when we didn't want to be again. Uh, and DeSantis is just right on that. He's right on that front wave of the folks that are really, really anti LGBTQ, you know, and that goes right back into that, that evangelical set again, they just don't, you know, they believe in a binary, they believe that sex is literally only for procreation, that you shouldn't be having any kind of fun with that. Fuck those people, uh, you know, or not, or not fuck those people uh, is, <laughs> is my favorite. Uh, yeah, don't fuck those people, um, you know, because they clearly don't want to be fucked. Uh, so let's leave them alone. Um, yeah, it's hard right now to be uh, in the adult industry. It's hard to get into the adult industry and get started with any real success as far as uh, individual. Uh, I think you guys even wanted to talk about adult independence versus adult studio. Mm -hmm. uh, and so holla at me when you're ready for that one too because boy is that a quagmire oh yeah that's on down in later in the episode um no worries well we can actually if we want we can kind of go into that it wasn't unless there was something else we i mean there was a couple of things but i feel like that's a, a good segue into that is a good segue i mean very quick a new noah's ark story uh coming I'm excited about more black queers on my, my TV. Um, and you said so, there was a something about Storm and Xavier really quick. What's going on over here? Um, so this week was a big release um, in the X-Men comic book world um, where basically um, there's a lot that happened recently, but what happened, it comes down to Sinister. Sinister had a plan. It was executed really well. They kind of, he, well, he, more, uh, he made clones of Mora because Mora could change reality. Changed the reality, dealt with the fact that Storm had to save everything to a degree. Um, they back in present time where they're dealing with some of the issues where Sinister infected Emma Frost, Hope, and Professor X. Um, so they have had a conversation that was very heated where Storm basically said, I'm no longer your, you're not only your student, I'm not your friend. Don't come to anything that I have involved with, doesn't do anything. And it just kind of changed the game for a lot of people. It was a big, big thing. Um, and a lot of people were doing, if you kind of looked at last week, a lot of us was posting um, clips from that moment, but it was a time where Storm basically said, peace, nice to know you, but I don't know you. Man, because they've been friends for decades. So I, yeah. I believe it is um, X-Men Red on uh, issue 11. Um, she even said, it was something that she said that was really neat. She was like, you told me 
to leave what I, you told me what I was doing was a fantasy to only come and work for your fantasy. And it was like, oh, I was like, okay, she kind of started out reading you already. Right. She, she gagged his ass right there. <laughs> Emma, they had an issue with her. Emma had a moment. Emma was right. There was a moment she called out Storm. But the thing I appreciate about Storm is she will be like, okay, I hear you. I'm gonna come back better with that. All right, all right. It was as she had that moment where it was like um um LaRoche when he was like, You ate that. Oh, that on a legendary it was that moment. Kiki was getting into it. Yeah. It was that moment where Emma was like Kiki. Um uh-huh. and, you know, and someone was like LaRoche, but uh LaRoche or Lord. Uh, but it, this, you know, it, right now it was a very good episode. A lot of people up in arms about it, back and forth all day on Twitter for two days. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting. And yes, Noah's Ark is returning as a movie um, under MTV. Does it have to be MTV? Well, no, you got to do what you got to do. But MTV, that whole thing <laughs> is coming out. We'll see what that looks like. But let's go ahead and get into. Um, the conversation of the day, the king size issue, where we're talking about, you know, how things have changed in the adult entertainment world. So yes. that conversation started. Yes. So, Rocket, we know that you have been um, a pillar, I would say, in the uh, adult content creation industry. Uh, and we know that it's exploded over the past years, especially when we were all in quarantine. Um, what do you think are the contributing factors to such uh, an increase in independent adult content creation and creators? Uh, hungry people. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's look anytime, anytime the economy takes a dump, and this is historical. This goes back throughout all recorded human history so many time economies take a dump uh there is a rise in sex work and in in personal services massage laundry services diaper services uh people uh will start side hustles um and so during the pandemic so many people were without work, without a regular paycheck, we were waiting on stimulus money. We were waiting on uh, rent relief. We were, you know, we were all, yeah. And so many people who had already dabbled with adult came back. People who were already using it as a hobby really dove into it and really, you know, went full force. Uh, And then a whole swath of people who had always thought, eh, you know, maybe one day, uh, you know, as a wimp, decided, okay, now's the time to actually execute and get into the industry. Um, all of the, the platforms like Just for Fans, OnlyFans, all these different ones were inundated, inundated with new uh, uh, accounts getting opened up. Um, there is still a really consistent uh, new startup. Uh, each month as far as uh, you know numbers when you're looking at them um i was just speaking uh not all that long ago with someone uh, from Justo fans about that very same topic um now are all of these new people coming in are they all striking hard and making big bucks no 
So anytime a market gets oversaturated quickly uh, by independents, like, okay, the independent film market for uh, a fun little circle into our previous conversations. So uh, when independent films became a thing and, and people started rushing into them, uh, the marketplace then got flooded with independent films and not a lot of not enough distribution for them uh, initially. And so and there was a rush to then create a lot of distribution for indie films. And so that's kind of where we are now is instead of a rush to distribute, because there's plenty of places to distribute, there's been a rush to uh, bypass the studio model, uh, which is the old format, which involved uh, you auditioning, getting cast in a production, uh, then working in said production, and then you know getting your paycheck. Um, nowadays, uh, independent folks, amateurs are making content 24, 7, 365. Uh, there will probably be 200 minutes worth of uploads in the time that we recorded this podcast. There's probably going to be 200 minutes worth of uploads on just one platform, for instance, uh, in maybe just one category. So if that gives you a little bit of where, where we're at now, we're still fighting. We need, you know, we're, we're getting deplatformed. We're having problems with credit card companies, even on the big legit platforms. Uh, just for fans has just finished ironing out a problem with Australia. Uh, they lost some banking uh, situations in Australia that prevented them from paying their Australian performers uh, for a couple of weeks. And so um, it's nonstop. Uh, it's nonstop. It isn't a great time to break into uh, sex work or online adults, especially. Um, uh, I wish I could be more optimistic, but it's. I'm just being honest. I'm just being really honest. Again, the market is oversaturated. Whether you're male, female, non-binary, trans, it doesn't really matter uh, what your niche is. The niches are filled. Uh, you know, and they're and uh, and and people are are carving out new niches. Uh, and the problem with that sometimes is uh, they're carving out niches that aren't particularly ethically sourced. In other words, it's not you're not able to ethically create that kind of content, and it gets you into some quagmires that way. Um, ethics in the industry are all, all over the place, especially when you get flooded with independent folks who uh, uh, don't adhere or know about the different uh, requirements to stay compliant in this country and things. Uh, just paperwork alone can keep uh, me busy for an hour before I even start shooting uh, a segment. Um, and that's just for two players. That's just for two players, just doing the paperwork for two, two, for two parties uh, and stuff like that. And I, as a producer and, per and post-production producer, I won't even touch footage until I've seen the paperwork or know that it exists in the world you know, having signed. So, because that's protecting me, that's just kind of covering my own bum, uh, as it were. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it, independent versus studio. It's really, studios aren't really uh, working in that model anymore. They aren't taking new talents. They aren't, there's no artist development in new studios. I, uh, if they use you as a new talent, it's usually one or two off. They're not offering any contracts uh, as far as like here. We want to contract you for a 10 for a 10 production run. We don't know what nine of those productions are yet, but, you know, we want to sign you because we like you. We think you'll be a great. Nobody's really offering a lot of those anymore. Even the top shelf entertainers right now are all uh, building their own sites, 
building their own distribution platforms to get away from having to use other distribution platforms so that they can keep all of their own money for themselves. Uh, big names in the industry are now diversifying, uh, utilizing their brand name to sell products, create products, sell merchandise for the first time uh, that like I just never known many porn stars that sold merchandise. Well, now we are. We're all getting into hats, caps, t-shirts, and dildos, and underwear, and gear, and yeah, yeah. If we can put our brand on it, and we can make a dime selling it, then we're working into that too. Uh, the studios are still there. They're still working. Um, they do, they're do. they not playing with the kind of money. They're not playing with the kind of budgets they, they used to have. Um, they've all cut that way, 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 way down because again, they're fighting the independent market that then pulls audiences away from those mainstream features that we put a lot of budgets into and a lot of money into. And so even the studios aren't putting the kind of financial backing into, into productions that they used to. Um, and so, yeah, there's your, there's your state of affairs in the, you know, independent V studio. Uh, I am a mini studio uh, and I use what I call a hybrid model. I like to work with independents. If I work with an independent on an exclusive level, that all that really means for me at, at Hole Punch is, is that they give us first right and refusal at their schedule. Um, that's it. That's all. That's all I ask for is, uh, is if I'm planning something and I really think you're going to be good for a character book, you know, let me book you first before you book something else that's it that's that's all it works um but again it's it's um it's a it, it's the wild wild west right now uh every day is a new adventure every day we wake up we're not sure if we're gonna have a platform we're not sure if twitter's gonna you know if we're gonna have a twitter account if we're gonna have a a, a just for fans account or if just for fans is gonna be able to pay us there's a lot of anxiety in the industry uh, whether folks are even acknowledging it right now or not. There's a lot of anxiety uh, in the industry. Um, but are we still having fun doing what we love doing? Yeah, the ones that are still here, the hardcore, you know, yeah, we are. We're still having a lot of fucking fun. Um, but it's work. It's work. It's actual work uh, to make that, to make those illusions, to make those fantasies reality for folks. It's a lot of work. And uh, but we're all happy to do it and uh, keep subscribing and liking. <laughs> I've, I've noticed, yeah, um, you know, there are some individuals who are making tons of money. Um, you know, they're saying, you know, join me for $7.99 a month, and they're doing a lot. And I know one in particular, he's doing really well. I think his name is Jock, he is doing really well. I think he's from Wales. He does really well with what he does. I think he has mentioned that he won't join a studio because he has more control of his content. But when I think of an independent group, I can't help but to think of Rant Boys because I feel like that's a, a success story of how they were able to like just do this silly, this one's straight, this one's not, two of them you don't see their faces. But it works to a point where they have like over, I think Jordan, which I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a fan of Jordan. He has a million followers. Even Brand Boys, it's the brand has a million followers. Um, and they're kind of doing what you were mentioning, you know, a lot of this independent, they don't, they don't 
have a studio, they have their own platform, they kind of stay away from the trappings. So how is it that they're doing that successfully and other places are not? Is it because they are just have they have that type of niche that people really like? I don't how how have they been able to do that successfully than others? Um eh, I'm not gonna lie, it has to do with the product that you're offering. Um uh cis white gay males between 20 and 40 will do better uh on the wider platform you know on the widest demographics and i'm speaking you know on demographics i'm not trying to to speak toward people of color don't seem to do as well in on those wider you know demographics uh um it, it's uh, people the more niche you get the more fetishy you get the much smaller your audience gets too um uh usually the people you see meeting with really great success are doing what i call the broadest vanilla uh content that they can create so you know uh it, it, they're keeping it real lingerie underwear masturbation toys but like mild many you know not extreme toys not extreme play of any kind of of any kind uh they're they're very and and i will say this too i, I will speak to there's been an unfair uh there's been some unfair fuckery in the marketplace that's gone on you know there's a lawsuit there's a class action suit going on right now uh between several platforms and against only fans and meta uh because only fans and fucking zuckerberg teamed up and blacklisted everybody else that wasn't on OnlyFans. They, oh yeah, this is a big lawsuit. Yeah. Then so if you, yeah, and so uh, that's why so many people were like, if I if I even mention that I have adjuster fans, I get it put in Facebook jail. That's true. That happened. That was happening for three years. That was happening. People couldn't even mention they had a JFF, like separate words, and they'd get dinged for fucking facebook jail and so uh this really did happen uh, it really has affected many many people who didn't or couldn't be on OnlyFans because OnlyFans is incredibly restrictive as to the type of content they'll even air because they're based in the uk and they have to be restricted to the uk uh obscenity laws whereas over here in the united states we have a much different legal opinion of obscenity and what you know legally you know a bar it has to meet to be called obscenity so fetish can play out here more that's why just for fans is much more popular with fetish content creators um but still we didn't need that we didn't need that extra bit of shit from zuckerberg and the and then we are talking about the former owner of OnlyFans, not the current corporate owners um kind of situation and so yeah as if the as if the playing as if the playing field wasn't already unfair now we have corporate fuckery make it even more unfair for independents um, who aren't with a certain platform and a specific platform. Um, uh, that just came out like in the beginning of this year, that finally just came out that that had even happened. Um, uh, you know, uh, it, it it's hard because uh, especially if you're niche, if you're trying to do niche fetish, like I do a lot of fisting and big toys, extreme size toys and stuff. Uh, there's a lot of people creating that content. There's a lot of people creating that kind of content. Um, and so you want to try and become as unique as possible. Um, I've even seen drag performers getting into, I've seen just performance artists who are starting to hypersexualize their performances 
this is crossing over from Patreon <laughs> now, you know, into just for fans. Um, uh, and, and so, uh, but what's happening is, is um, the ethics in the amateur rank ranks right now are all over the place and we've got to help them tighten that down. Uh, they've got to be on the paperwork. They've got to work as a profession. Uh, you do not get to hide behind the word amateur in the adult content creation world uh, because that's that's not a legal definition. Okay, that's one big thing I'd like to try to help people understand is simply saying, well, I'm an amateur, therefore I can't be held to those legalities. That is not a fact. That does not happen. <laughs> they will come for you just as quick and probably quicker than they will for a studio. Because if a studio has a compliance number and certificate, they they know that they know how to keep a hold of their stuff. They know what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and so that's one of my biggest things is just trying to get out there with the independents and the new faces coming in and letting them know that there's real work involved in online sex work, whether that's uh, the paperwork and, and, and the ID or even just getting verified appropriately and properly on the different platforms that we distribute on. Uh, there's real work, real, not sexy, real, not sexy work real odd photos holding your driver's license next to your face i mean just like really not sexy stuff um but you got to do that to get to the fun part i guess just like in any legit creation any legit product sales or create you know developing a product you got to go through the messy part exactly uh, so we've touched based on um the oversaturation of the adult um the independent adult content creators um how are people defining their competitive edge in such an industry that is oversaturated and this is coming from like like the business aspect of me because you said it was oversaturated and there's more supply than there is demand so how can you corner the market and get your product out to more people at a consistent level that's a great that is a great question that is one that everyone in my industry is asking ourselves and of each other every day right now uh because uh, so many social media platforms have cracked down on anything that looks like adult. Uh, I just mentioned, you know, just for fans is still super shady on just J, uh, JFF URLs being added into any posts. Um, uh, YouTube, for instance, uh, you know, blows off channels regularly because of sexualized content or they talked about something in an appropriate, you know, a manner considered inappropriate or someone just simply complains about the channel about something they don't like very subjectively. Uh, and YouTube will just get rid of it because they don't want to, they don't want to put up with it. They don't want to mess with it. Uh, anything grown up, anything adult always gets highly scrutinized by social media in a way that other even adult products. So say you're selling an adult sex toy. Um, you'll get less scrutiny selling the sex toy on Instagram than you will get trying to sell your own content on Instagram. 
um, you will, it, it, it's, it's, it's super hard as an independent to market yourself, to get yourself in the streams. There are services you can join. Uh, there are rebroadcaster services. You can get in with uh, 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 Twitter bloggers that help reboost and signal boost a lot. Uh, uh, again, those are usually for pay uh, situations that, are, that exist. Um, uh, trying to bring, you know, get your marketing above everybody else's is everyone's struggle in this industry right now. Um, even the platforms themselves are struggling to get their stuff, you know, on Twitter and in front of the right audiences. Or um, it used to be that, you know, Pornhub and in the days when XBiz was, or XBiz, <laughs> Xtube was still online and stuff. The advertising that surrounded that, you know, some of us could utilize that. We could buy ad runs and things like that uh, uh, and start building other independent platforms. Um, many platforms like Pornhub won't allow you to buy advertising to advertise outside um, uh, companies anymore. They want to keep it. My geek has gotten real bad. They want to keep it all in house now. Uh, since they lost the ability to just monetize random uh, accounts that weren't verified <laughs> and make all of that extra cash on that, uh, since they lost that ability, uh, then they decided they wanted to be scrutinizing as to who could advertise and buy advertising. And so, so say I at Whole Punch Media wanted to advertise wholepunchmedia.com. I, I would not probably be able to do that unless I bought a hugely expensive package through them. Uh, Fat Life. One of the largest uh, lifestyle fetish lifestyle sites for lifestylers in the fetish stuff won't even let professionals advertise on the site, period. Pro doms, pro masseurs, you can't even advertise on that site if your account as an independent person, just as a regular person, starts to even look too professional, they'll, they'll kick you out. They'll ax you. Um, places like Brent Boy and Rent Masseur are expensive. They're 40 some odd dollars a month uh, to have a subscription, you know, that you as the, the uh, sex worker have to pay to be legitimized and then get into their search engines and stuff. And so um, everyone has figured out how to make money off of the sex worker, but the sex workers are all still struggling as to how to continue to monetize and pay for the services that are supposed to help us um, uh, and stuff. And, and there's not a lot of great analytics coming back to us. Like, uh, you know, uh, there's no way to prove, did you get the follower account that you thought you paid for? And did you get followers or did you get bots? You know, there's, there's, you know, did you really get something that'll pay off? Are these going to be actual subscription click-throughs or are these just going to be flooding your follower account so that it looks like you've got a bunch of followers and kind of stuff. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's to be legitimate, to be ethical, about this industry, it's super hard right now. Super, super salty, um, uh, and it's it, and it's just it's taken a lot of focus and a lot of work uh, for everybody that's still involved. So if you're out there and you're consuming adult content, which 98 percent the human populace consumes adult content in some way, shape, or form, uh, support the independents that you are enjoying. Subscribe to them like directly find out how tip them directly. Even a lot of platforms allow you to even tip them directly. If you like what they're creating, support that because that will literally help them keep creating more uh, content. And that's the best 
Uh, Studios too, man. Studios are struggling just as much as independents are. They just had bigger bankrolls to begin with usually, you know, and so they can, they can weather the storms, the dry seasons uh, a lot easier than an independent can. Uh, And so, yes, this is freelancing at its maximum <laughs> maximum efforts. It's freelancing right. at maximum efforts. Uh, just recently, I aired, aired an interview with uh, Jack Dixon, who's a top shelf performer in gay male adult. Jack admitted that. he does not make his living from adult content. He makes his living from escorting. And so, and and I'll chime in. I make more of my living, my my day to day, and my yeah monthly bills. I make that from escorting than I do my content. So yeah. There's that. Yeah. I remember, yeah, because Rent Boy was good for a lot of people, you know, getting those contacts because they wasn't making money from adults, so they make it from uh, escorting. And, you know, here in Los Angeles, as well as Palm Springs and other places, that's huge. And you can make a lot of money from that. Um, I knew someone who was making a lot of money from that where it was like, oh, okay. They didn't tell us they were doing it, um, but then eventually they shared that like this is what i'm doing and you know how y'all feel about it i was like well do what you got to do but i feel like rip boy was also somewhat protective in a way for them like it was able to like yes it gave us a way to vet clients man this is something that sasta foster really fucked a lot of sex workers a lot of the sex workers on his back page different sites that we used to be able to start conversations with our clients before we ever met these fuckers in person, you know, because not, because not everybody that rolls up on a sex worker is sane. I'm just going to be honest about that. And some of them are out to actually hurt us. They have issues with sex workers or things like that. And so it's important to screen, screen heavily your clients. And yes, Red Boy, Rent Monsieur allowed us to do that, allowed us to create chats, conversations, like ask them questions and see if red flags started popping up, you know, all before we ever even scheduled a coffee date, you know, to talk to a client. Um, yeah, a huge hit. Yeah. Uh, shutting all that down put a huge put many of us at risk. And to to, to talk about that particular law that you were mentioning, um, understanding to some to some degree, this is not me defending Kamala because everybody knows I love her. Some of that was done because we, as at one point back pages were, that was, the, it was a weird not because that was that thing of people misusing it. Oh yeah. Reasons. Yes. There was, they were using the back pages to move content that was highly prohibitive. And yes, this is traffic. We are talking about trafficking. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's a situation where we in the industry wanted to team up and help actually stop this because there i do not know one legitimate sex worker anywhere in the world that does not want to protect children like i don't know one most of us have kids most of us were kids most of us have nieces and nephews and family yeah no 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 Uh, i work really hard at keeping my content out of the point of view in the hands of children and minors. I work really hard at that. I work really hard. And one of the things too, and I say this a lot, and, and again, too, I firmly support Kamala. I, I'm just saying she was one of the original drafters and thus 
we have had to work with her a lot harder. Um, she's she's in conversation. She's talking to sex workers now. She's she has realized what that legislation did, and I believe she's a smart enough woman to go. Okay, we can make this work. We just yeah, got tweaked. That was the tricky part because I, I I remember that because I was like. Because, you know, again, for a lot of us in California, back pages, there are bands <laughs> that drive around with, with back pages. They're advertising back pages. Um, but yeah, it Ashley got, Madison. Yeah, it got into that weird situation where the trafficking part was in there. So you, it was the thing of trying to figure out, and, and Rocket's right, many of the sex workers were trying to figure out how do we make this work, but remove that piece there. Um, and, and yeah, Kama led that, and there were some others, you know, some of your faves. Oh yeah, she wasn't alone. I'm not pinning it. Yeah, I'm not pinning more, it on her. Some of them were like working on that, but it's been that hard part of doing that, and also legitimizing sex workers because still today, um, there is that struggle of legitimacy of people being taken serious or having those protections for sex workers. So the criminalization. How- coast to coast is the hardest part yeah it's and this is the thing where we're not trying to legalize sex work we're just trying to actually decriminalize sex work make it not an arrestable felony offense in most states uh a lot of states have stopped uh prosecuting unlicensed massage uh Mm -hmm. what we can less forms of sex work or not lesser but other forms of sex work in-person sex work um new york state famously new york city famously will now no longer prosecute unlicensed massage uh it's not a thing they're even going for evidently my hometown of flagstaff decided they wanted to double down and try but embarrassingly now are involved in a terrible lawsuit for their bullshit i guess it took eight times going to the same parlor yeah. <laughs> to figure out that it was sex work which is interesting. yeah that's very interesting but and we have a lot of the spas here in los angeles uh you know and you know they're called spas but most of us know you know like we know what that right is. If you know, you know. <laughs> and again, man, I am not knocking that. So this is another thing too: is is uh, a lot of those folks need health care. A lot of those folks need uh, just even uh, financial support from banks that'll work with them uh, and stuff to help them keep their money safe. You know, when you deal with a lot of cash, man, you are a target uh, and stuff. Sex workers on the street are routinely targeted for uh, uh, muggings. Uh, abuse. Um, let's talk about trafficking of, of street, you know, sex workers on the street. Pimping is still uh, very much a thing. Um, and it's something that many uh, active uh, they're, okay, right there in LA, Swap LA, so, uh, Sex Worker Outreach Project LA is a phenomenal group uh, uh, that gets right out there in the streets with uh, harm reduction supplies, with information on how to help people get housed. Um, uh, uh, especially with underserved sex workers, people um, just in underserved communities, period. There's a lot of homelessness. There's a lot of hunger. There's a lot of, of uh, health care, health issues, just massively health, health issues. Sex workers routinely also uh, need SCI treatment 
much more regularly than you know the common uh, uh, populace. Um, and and it's so hard even to go and find uh, non-judgmental treatment or even anonymous treatment sometimes uh, that isn't tracking you later. Uh, you know your movements afterward. It's kind of yeah, that's a little Orwellian, but it's happening. It's happening. Um, the industry itself. Uh, adult, the adult industry itself is still also fraught with its own problems. There's no real union. Uh, what passes for a union is a sham. It's a joke. A peg is a disgusting joke. Uh, uh, and there's still terrible racism, terrible discrimination by cis by men are still terribly dis- discriminated against uh, because of HIV uh, and AIDS. And so even in an era of U equals U. And understanding that there is still terrible stigma for bi male performers in, in the industry. Um, again, our unions aren't helping us with that. They don't. They they just double down uh, on all that kind of stuff. Um, and it has to do with so sex work and adult entertainment covers every socioeconomic cross section of humanity. So this is the thing: is is we are as big a melting pot as every other demog- You know population anywhere else and so it's just as hard for us to come together for us to meet in the middle find common ground uh there's privileged sex workers there's underprivileged sex workers i myself am a very privileged sex worker i've never had to suffer some of the the things i worked with an agency for the first 10 years that i worked with that screened all of my clients i mean i could not have been more pampered and privileged as a sex worker and so I feel it's important now to speak out for those that don't have a voice in that in that fight, uh, because there are people who are just trying to feed their kids and pay their keep their fucking lights on. Uh, and that's the biggest thing. So, like I said, if you are a fan of an adult entertainer, support them. You can you can find a way you can tip them directly. You can support them directly. You can go to their platform directly and uh, and do that. That's the best and easiest way. Sorry to get all churchy. Oh, no, we like that. We like it. Um, so we know that, like, uh, the established studios, you know, things like Rent Man or, or Minute Play or any of the, all of those studios um, have dominated the market for a while. Do you see, from your point of view, that the industry is... Uh, getting skewed towards the independent content creators or, and also uh, to add on to that question, are studios less hostile to those independent creators now? Uh, Yes. Um, I see more studios gravitating toward the hybrid model like I'm using. They're being way more welcoming to that independent performer who how about you come do three features for us for this amount of money you know here are all three dates here's it all ready to go here are all the people you'll perform with um uh i think it's making the studios just be better honestly be more organized be more be more for the artists themselves uh cis gay male adults has had a checkered past of uh, pushing performers too hard, trying to get, you know, 
a lot of scenes out of a very small amount of time, which the human body just isn't fucking, you know, prone to being able to do. Uh, um, and uh, it, 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 yeah, it's a, a lot of my brothers in the industry have pushed themselves too hard. We've all done it. Um, uh, abusing ED treatments is a thing that regularly happens so that we can try and shoot four scenes in a day. I mean, come on, man. Anybody over 25 or 30 years old, when was the last time you masturbated four times in a day? So like, let's think about that, you know, and, and stuff. Now we're trying to do that and perform, you know, energy, lots of energy going into these performances. And so, yeah, the industry is, it's having to uh, take a better approach toward how content is created. I see them becoming way more embracing of the independent, especially as those independents build a name for themselves. And then it's, it behooves the studio to bring that independent in for a series of some of some things, uh, right. because now it's it's cross promotion. Now it's just cross promotion. That's very true. Because again, you know, there's some of these performers, thousands of followers. They are like if you look at their OnlyFans page and you see how many people like their things. Um, when you hit like a thousand likes, you're thinking like a thousand likes, that's $7.99 a person, you know, and you, and, and those likes, not, not Twitter or Instagram likes, but from their, um, you know, their page likes, mm -hmm. that's money. They're making tons. Mm -hmm. Well, they're making good money, very good money <laughs> um, to put out that type of stuff. But I, I always worry because I'm like, do they have the protection? Do they have the 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 financial know-how? And one of the things I learned um, from a few was they had to get a, a financial person. I I have a CPA, my husband and I use a CPA. I highly recommend finding a CPA. I can even recommend there is a company out of Austin called Dita Inc. D I T A C Dita Inc. They are phenomenal. Dita specializes in working with sex workers on your taxes, your all of your, uh, yeah, all your uh, uh, financial. Uh, they even have marketing and PR services if you get that big and you need that kind of help too and stuff. But they are created by sex workers for sex workers. Uh, there are a few of those popping up around here. Uh, most CPAs, if you explain who you are, will be real chill, uh, you know. Uh, you might call around first and just ask like, hey, do you have any problem working with someone who's an adult entertainer? You know, I make legitimate money. I need legitimate help, you know, managing it. Uh, uh, yeah, look, all the way up to a financial advisor, someone who can literally help you invest it when you have it to invest properly because, man, you get a sunburn or you stub your toe and you're fucked up for a week or you get an STI because shit happens and you're laid up for two weeks and you can't work uh, kind of a thing. This affects us. We can't work. We have to pass on a job or pass on a, on a shooting on a recording gig and we're out that money. So yeah, learn to sock it away when you've got it because rainy days, baby, they are right around the corner in this business. Uh, health, you know, we got to buy our own healthcare. We've got to supply our own uh, clothing, you know, food, shelter, places to shoot, uh, transportation back and forth. Uh, you know, yeah, get a get a CPA because they'll help you figure out what's taxable, what's write offable. You know, yeah, look at it as a legitimate business. If you're going to get into this and do it, look at it as a legitimate side business. 
you might even file it its own DPA and give it its own bank account, you know, kind of a thing. And uh, yeah, it, you know, you have to view this as a business if you're going to get serious about it. I mean, you have to, you actually have to look at this as a business because, you know, as much as we see what's on the camera, you know, all the fucking and whatnot, the back end is, you know, I'm trying to provide for myself and or my family. And it's just like any other business. Mm -hmm. The only other advice I have for in amateurs, individuals getting into it on their own at first is pay very close attention to your production values. Um, the industry got flooded with a lot of just shaky cell phone, you know, point of view kind of stuff happening early on. And um, what I hear from my demographic, from my followers, people that subscribe to my stuff all the time is, is they're coming back to people like me who are independents, but who put great attention into our production value uh, because they're getting the best of both worlds. They're getting entertainers they feel they can actually connect to, you know, because they're because they're in our DMs. We're able to, you know, uh, that's that's the thing with the fans. They're able to connect with us in a way we were never able to connect with adult performers before. Used to be adult performers didn't want to be connected with because yeah, that just didn't always go very well <laughs> and stuff. Um, but nowadays, no, it, it, the more we can develop and, uh, you know, actual genuine uh, discourse with our followers, the more they tend to, yeah, it's, it's just like any, any situation, uh, you know, the more you feel connected to someone, the more you're going to engage with their content. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the other thing too, is, as I tell the, the young independents engage, engage as much as you can and pay attention to that production value. Make sure you're giving them quality over quantity. Uh, there's a big thing. Of, oh, I got to do something every day. No, if you do something twice a week, make sure it's quality. Wow. You know, make sure it's quality chef's kiss kind of stuff. Just simply bombarding them with a whole lot of shaky jerk off footage. Eh. Isn't probably going to do it. You know, heard it here. <laughs> right. Like keep that, if your shit ain't good, keep that shit. Uh, and, elevate. Right. And, Just and, elevate. Just like everything else, elevate. And also a thing that I, I think the people should keep in mind, like even if you look great, because there are some who look really great but their content is just ass. Yeah, you just like, you can't be asking for all this money or even if it is $5, you gotta, you gotta still, I mean, again, there are people who are asking you for, again, $7 who are giving you like high quality content. So you mm -hmm. gotta compete um, in a sense, like you can't be like, oh, pay 10 more dollars to get this or whatever, you gotta, mm -hmm lure them into a point where they may they want to do it but have something worth you know worth moving if, that yeah back. if your footage looks like it, you shot it in a hurricane <laughs> it's like well don't some nah. people like that though i mean is that part of the appeal of amateur if it's a little if the person who's getting 
Bane. Yeah, there's a little P. Well, POV, point of view, is definitely a, a category. People enjoy that. Again, there's good point of view, and then there's bad point of view. You know, there's it's like, a, was the camera stationary and we're getting good point of view, or was the camera rocking back and forth while we're trying to get the point of view? Uh, no, again, make sure it's quality over quantity. That's the thing. Uh, there, that this the, the X2 model was quantity, quantity, quantity. Yes, it was. Oof. And and most of it wasn't good. And so yeah, the industry's reverting back. We're 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 about creating quality content over quantity of content. Uh, and that's what I try to that's where I stress it with everybody. Quality, quality, quality over quantity. Yes. Right. I because if I'm gonna give you my ten dollars a month. You know, give me something to look forward to. Give me, you know, I want to see the passion you're having, the fun that you're having. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what fun. I would say for, for y'all trying to get in there. Have, make sure you're having fun. If it looks like you're just phoning it in, we're not going to come back. Um, we'll put that $10 to somebody else who's having a good time. You know, I'll put it to the Beyonce concert. Shit, like, fuck. Right, like you trying to save up for the Beyonce concert, and you that's a Queen Bay T-shirt, right? (laughs) Uh, Or a sleeve or something, (laughs) sleeve. It's a long opera glove, right? (laughs) (laughs) I need a new pair of opera gloves now that I think about it. Anyway, Um, one final question. Sure, if you could tell. Anybody wanting to get into this industry, what would it be? A single piece of advice. Single piece of advice? Pace yourself. Um, It's real easy to try to jump into this and do, like I was saying, try to crank out something every day. It's like, whoa, 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 man. Focus on quality over quantity. Pace yourself. Think through uh, the kind of brand that you want to build before you start building it. And then if you are brand new to the industry, I want you to ask yourself one question before you open that alt Twitter. Are you ready to be in the produce section grocery shopping one day with your Nana when a really excited fan runs up and lets your Nana know you do fisting porn all over the internet? It's, you know, are you ready for that? Because it's a very real possibility, the more popular that you become, even if you have a well-created character and stage name and I wear wigs and makeup and they couldn't possibly, I promise you, someone will recognize you one day. They'll put two and two together. It'll happen in your hometown. It just, it does. And so that's my only thing is, is ask yourself that question. Are you prepared to be recognized standing next to your Nana? And if you are, if you're ready for that conversation with Nana, well, then guess what? You're probably ready to to dive headlong into this and uh, and get ready for the work part. You're right, because it's not like you when you go in, you're in. You're all the way in. This is a one-way trip, gang. Yeah. One-way <laughs> trip. You don't get to, yeah, you don't get to cross back out of adult one day and go, I'm going to go work for 501c3s again. Or, yeah, no, no, no. Once, yeah, once you've done porn, you're a porno. Right. And it's like, I do get a little worried just because there's a lot of, like, Twitter, my lord, a lot of folks, a lot of folks are out there. And I'm always like, 
cool, but I hope y'all understand what you're doing and understand what that means. You and me both, Victor. You and me both. I see these young, young, young folks posting hardcore, you know, content. And I'm just like, babies, have you <laughs> really thought this through? And I mean that with love. I'm not trying to be diminutive in any way, shape, or form. But I was 35, 40 before I decided to go ahead and cross back out and make it a permanent, you know, situation. Uh and with the internet, it is increasingly harder and harder and harder to keep the firewall between your adult career and, you know, yeah. And so back in the VHS days, you could put on some good makeup and a wig and nobody would know you at home were Debbie from Debbie Does Dallas. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's like, but not anymore. Not anymore. Right. It's yeah. HD, baby. They see every line. <laughs> yeah. And that's why every wrinkle of your balls. Yeah. Every wrinkle on my balls, baby. Every wrinkle. Yes. So that's why I'm always saying to a lot of people, because again, you, you got Twitter out there and people got their booty holes out, everything. And those circles are not as no, those circles are those circles are airtight as at all. People dropping, yeah. Circles, like, just friends on Instagram. None of that is safe. Well, no. and I like to say this too. All y'all amateurs, quit giving it away for free. Please. That's what stop I'm thinking. Giving like, it away for free. You know, I mean, you know do a little bit of tease and, you know, advertise. Tease, 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 yes. Old school, you know, May West tease. But don't sit up here and do all this stuff. And I'm like, you're doing all that for free. And also another thing I would say, as if I'm working in this industry and I'm not. <laughs> be good at, look good, be good at what you're doing. Because if you don't... Sadly, if you're not looking like you are handling it well or whatever, people are not going to be like, no, this is not going to work. You're going to have to really watch yourself in the mirror, <laughs> you know, have have those people who are going to be honest with you in your corner. You know, if you've like never masturbated in the mirror and watched yourself, get yourself off. Uh, you need to think about that before you jump into porn. I have so many people who do their first shoot and go, I had no idea I looked like that when I orgasm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you might want to do a test shot. Yes, because uh, you don't want to be a meme like that one guy who is a meme, the black guy. Um, some of us have crazy faces. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, having a fucking stroke, and like, girl, are you okay? Are you kidding? I caught myself <laughs> topping in a fist scene a while ago, and I had my tongue out. Oh. <laughs> like I got a fucking little, you know, magnifying one of those reflector old doctor reflectors on. Yeah. on. <laughs> you know, you get caught up in the moment. We, you know, we've all been with people, or maybe we we look, you know, crazy in the moment, and that's fine. But again, just really, just know know yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Check check it before you wreck it, because yeah, Ugh. we want to laugh at you. You know, right? Well, I mean, I do. Way. I'll laugh. <laughs> so you try to be sexy, and everybody's just laughing at your ass. So. <laughs> this is that's that cute. There's yeah. There's nothing worse than thinking thinking you're giving it the good. Yeah. Mm -mm. Uh huh. I got to get the Lizzo out because you know <laughs> I'm a I'm a skinny hoe, so you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll dance to the slow songs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that woman. I fucking love her so much. 
Oh, I need I need her playing a crystal flute in the middle of Congress every day. That's what I need is her playing a crystal flute every day. Right. Well, Rocket, thanks again for joining us on Megashine. If you would uh, tell everybody where they can find you all over social media, if you would like. You can find the Rocket Review podcast wherever you find podcasts. I mean, literally everywhere. Spotify, Apple. You can ask Alexa, Google Play. uh, The Rocket Review. And then I am also the Rocket Review on Twitter and Rocket Review Show on Instagram. If you'd like to reach out to us there, or you can even just email me, rocket at therocketreview.com. And I'm happy to respond. And I love correspondence. And if you want to be a guest, if you're in the sex industry, come talk to me. Come hang out. And like always, you can find us all over social media. We are on Twitter at Megashane1. If you want to follow me and Victor personally, I'm at what Porters say. Victor's at Wonderman5. You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast all over where you where podcasts are found. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, at Megashine1. Um, I think that's about it. Is there anything else before we get up out of here? No, but thank you, Rocket, for joining us today. Um, thank you for having me. It's always an honor. Yes. And if you're in Palm Springs, um, you know, have fun. I will reach out to you, Rocket, when we actually return back to that wonderful place. But no, I hope you got something out of this. And remember, if you are trying to get into this industry, really take it seriously. It's not a game. It's once you're in, you're in. And True story. It changes your life. So, as Rocket was saying, no lies see, detected. We'll see you in public and they will go up to you. And since I live in this town, they're everywhere. So, and, and, and it is a interesting thing to go to the gym and you like, oh my God, I've seen you get railed. So, uh, keep that in mind. Be ready for anybody recognizing you and all that good stuff. And we will see you later. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody.